0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. I want to. Good morning. (laughs) I want to challenge our children. And I know we have you in service uh, for this week and next week. I'm going to give you a, uh, an assignment, and the older ones, let's say the teens and the, yeah, uh, you know, the teens, eighteen and under. When can you vote? What, what, what age? Eighteen. Okay. Well,
1: under eighteen.
0: How, how old are you? Seventeen. Okay. Everybody under eighteen. I want to give a a challenge for not next week, but the week after that. Um, We'll have a guest speaker next week. And uh, so I want to give you a week to prepare, but I'm going to give you an assignment. And I know you love assignments because you're in school. (laughs) Uh, I want you to memorize. Is scripture for me. Now, for those who are under, let's say, um, or who are still in, in in high school, it can be uh, in the scripture you want. And um, those who are eighteen, some some eighteen years of, I guess, they're fr- freshmen in college. Is that about right? You started in eighteen, and uh, for the For the young adults, let's give the young adults one also because you're so nice also. The young adults, uh, I want to give you an assignment also, and I want you to choose the scripture, the young adults. And the other ones, I'm going to choose the scripture. The scripture is uh, Ephesians, and I'm sure you already know it because you have been taught by your parents. Uh it's Ephesians chapter six, verse one, two, and three. So it's three verses. Okay? Three verses. And I know you I know you can do it. Uh <laughs> I know you can do it. because uh, 'cause I'm sure you probably already know most of it now. Uh, for the young adults. It could be any scripture you want to, uh uh those who are you know uh say 18, 19, 20, um, 21. You finish probably college when you're 21 or 22, something like that. I, I was 21. My wife was 21, but some people turn 22 their senior year. Uh, how, how old are you? Okay. Hey. 22? 21, okay. And, and I want you all to choose the scripture. Okay, your own scripture. And, and and it can be anything you want it to be, but it has to be three verses. You can, now, you can't be Jesus' will. You can't be one of those scriptures. You, know. you can't be one of those. Any scripture you want. And um, so what I'll do is is once we, uh, we got the next, uh, I'll call you up, and, and if you want to come up, if you want to do it, and then i I, I give you a gift. Okay? If that's, that's, that this this sounds okay. And parents make sure you have the scripture now. Ephesians chapter six, verse one, two, three. And same thing this under under eighteen. Eighteen into twenty two. Let's say eighteen to twenty two. Uh you choose your own three three verses. Okay. Good morning. <laughs> okay. All right. Um today we're going to continue. Whenever would you uh, pass my pad right there, yeah. We're going to continue with uh, First Thessalonians. So if you'll turn, thank you, turn to First Thessalonians, uh, we're going to be in chapter 2. And the message today uh, is preaching the gospel of God is not in vain. And so, it, as we as as we look at at that, it's, it's very uh, interesting the things that Paul went through. And I, I introduced the chapter, the whole book last time. And we know that Paul and Silas they had been uh, in prison, they had been uh, mistreated, uh, and then they came to Thessalonica and. Yeah, they are now um, left, they, they had left Thessalonica, and now Paul wants to find out about them. Timothy goes and finds out uh, how the church is doing there, whether it has fallen away or whether it had not. And uh, he wrote the first letter, and that's where we are, the first, first letter. Let's look at verse 1. For you know yourselves, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. And that's that's important because it tells us now that whenever God gives us something to do, which he gave, um, of course, Paul and Silas things to do, they were Apostolic, going, ministering, uh, winning people to the Lord, starting churches, and so this is one of the churches, churches that they started in Thessalonica, and he says, "For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain." How did he know that it was not in vain? How did he know that that that, that you know him? coming was not in vain was it because he taught the word and told them about jesus christ he witnessed to him and and led him to the lord is it because um wherever he goes is not in vain just because god sent him there what why would you think that it would not be in vain because we are not there we're not going to be there but god has still given us a ministry He's given us somebody to uh, talk to. And who it is and how many it is, it depends upon what God has given you to do. But I know that every parent has a ministry and it's to those children. It's important. All parents have minister to their children. That's part of who you're to minister to. And what you're called to minister is the word of God. Now, how you minister to the word of God will be what God has convicted you of and what you see God demonstrating to you. So I'm going to talk about who, I'm going to talk about what, I'm going to talk about how. And so in, in Paul's case, we know that Paul, he gave them the word of God. He he, he talked to them. He ministered to them. He told them about Jesus Christ, um, how to be saved. He did all those type of things. And as you read First Thessalonians, it is going to tell you that Paul was he was kind of apprehensive about whether they really had fallen away. Because even though he had taught them the word of God, even though he had spent, at least we know he was there for three Sabbath days. We know that, but probably longer, as some theologians said. It's important to know that Sometimes, even though you are teaching, even though you are preaching, even though you are giving them the word of God, sometimes people tend to not receive it. Not receive it. And so, in this situation, he found out that they did receive it. And so, he knew what happened because Timothy came back. And gave him a report of it. That's what he did. Now, let's go a little further and let's look at uh, chapter, let's look at chapter, see when chapter two, let's look at um, verse two. But But after we had already suffered and had been mistreated, in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. Now, <clears throat> do we have boldness? Do we have boldness to speak the word of God, the gospel of God, sometimes The gospel of Christ. Do we have boldness to speak that? Where did he get that boldness from? Was it because of his personality? Because uh, sometimes people's personality, they don't want to say much to people if they don't think the person wants to hear it or to receive it. So they say they're not going to say anything to the person. They'd rather be a silent witness to a person. But God is calling us also to speak the word of God to people. And so uh, where did he get this boldness from? Well, it says that that after he had suffered, he said, we had the boldness of our God to speak to you. And I probably wouldn't have done that because they had already been in In prison, they'd already been persecuted in Philippi, and now he's going to go right to another city, knowing that probably the same thing is going to happen there. And he had, though, he had boldness. Now, other places in the Scripture, do you remember in Acts, the book of Acts? Think well, you know, people tend to uh, persecute you, or whatever the situation may be. If you're speaking things they don't want you, they don't want, they don't want to hear, and so they arrested the the uh, apostles and 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 uh, then they scold them. They told them, "Don't don't don't you teach in this name anymore? None zilch. Don't you talk about him?" And and of course they said, well, hey, whether we're going to obey God or obey you, uh, you know." That we're going to do what we're supposed to do. And when they left, they went to the brother and they said, uh, we need to pray to God for boldness. And when they prayed, do you remember what happened? Well, what happened was that God filled them with the Holy Spirit. That's what he did. He filled them. They had already been filled on the day of Pentecost because the day of Pentecost was already coming on and And you remember, they were up in the upper room and all that kind of stuff, and the Holy Spirit came down and lit on each one like uh, tongues of fire. They they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But when they prayed and said, God, help us because we need boldness to speak the word because we know we're going to get persecuted. And God filled them again with the Holy Spirit. And they went out with boldness. That's what it is. So if we want boldness, we need to ask God for boldness. That's what we need to do because boldness comes from him, and it says that we had the boldness of our God, not in of ourselves, not in my personality, not because I'm an outgoing person, I have boldness because of my God. That's what he's saying. And these days and times, I I think we need boldness. We really do. And regardless of your your persuasion or whoever you um, voted for, whenever they decide uh, the presidency, if they haven't already, Whenever they decide, we have people on both sides threatening to do harm to people. I don't believe they're Christians or anything, uh, but we have people who uh, they they really say, you know, uh, if if, if this person wins, we're going to uh, loot and we're going to burn, we're going to tear down uh, places because we'll be upset. And then, but you have some on the other side. I heard, I heard this on on on. on things Friday, yeah. Friday night. They told me, They said, um. Uh. Well, it's from a reliable source. They said that the people, uh, if this if this person uh doesn't win, what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, start doing harm uh to people. And so you have people on both sides want to do harm, and. You wonder, say, well, should I wear my little cap to say Jesus? Or should I? Uh, people might get upset and they might want to do harm to me. Am I going to have boldness to witness during these days and times? Because some places, if you're a Christian, uh, you're persecuted and, and arrested and uh, killed. So, uh, we thank God we're not in, in one of those. Uh, countries where uh, Christianity, you could die for your, your faith. Uh, but we know that we need boldness. I need boldness. I really do. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to go to the grocery store and witness to somebody. That's, that's hard for me to do. If I don't know the person, um, I, I I don't do that then very often do I do that, and somebody else though I have a person that I know that uh, that's what he does. He goes to the grocery stores and he just walks around and, and try to uh, witness to anybody that he sees and he he does what he tries to do. you know unfortunately, what he's witnessing of is not good, but still. Uh, He does it. Uh, Theologically, it's not good, uh, but he's he's trying to win people over to a way of thinking about uh, how Christians should act, when they should worship and things like that. Uh, But he has boldness. He has boldness. And I don't have that kind of boldness to do that. But I know I need boldness, and, and times are getting to where we need more and more boldness. And that's what that's what he had, Paul said he had from our God to speak the word because there's no way I could leave Philippi and, and go to uh, somewhere like Thessalonica and then witness again, knowing that probably I'm going to be mistreated. And Paul even said, he said, he said I know what, what faith horizon, you know, is waiting for me, but I count my life, you know, not at all. I'm not trying to do anything to hinder what God wants to do, so I'm going. And that's interesting. And Jesus set his face like flint. He was going to uh, Jerusalem. So we need boldness as a as a body of believers, as uh, Christians. We need boldness, just like just like Paul had here. And then Paul started. Explaining some of the things, uh, like verse 3, he says, For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit, but just as we have been approved by God uh, to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. And he starts just telling the Thessalonians about it's as, if, it's as if he's defending himself. So what might have happened and probably happened is that the Jews, when uh, Paul and Silas left, what probably happened is that they start speaking against them. And they start um, telling the, the, uh, the ones who was believing in Christ that these men are saying this, they're impure, they are this, they are that, and saying all manner of things about them, because that's what Paul did all up until about the um, fifth uh, about the eighth verse. That's that's what they were doing. He was defending himself. And you say, Well, why was Paul defending himself? Because he he wanted to let the uh Christians know that he is righteous to. He said, "You know how I acted when I was before you. You know this thing. You know this, and you you saw this. So he was telling them that the whole time, letting them know that I am not only speak, speaking to the, uh, about Jesus Christ and the gospel everywhere I go, but I also live it. You know I lived it when I was with you. That's what that's what he's saying to him. And so." Uh, Let's look at verse, let's go to verse um, 1 Thessalonians. Let's look at verse 8. For you recall, so he's still, let him know that, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so that we wouldn 't be a burden to you to interview, we proclaim to you the gospel of god so that 's what that 's what he 's saying here he 's saying that that you know i i didn't i wasn 't a burden to you as a as an apostle I could have you know uh extended my authority to you, but I work night and day. You know I work night and day in proclaiming the gospel to you. Verse verse 10 says, you are witnesses and so is God. How devoted, devout, um, devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly uh, I behave toward you believers. So he's saying that each time, how I not only, and this is how I take it for me, and I proclaim proclaiming to you, is that not only do we need to speak the word of God, we need to live the word of God. Because that's all he's saying from from verse 2 on down here, is that you know how I did this. And, and if, you, if you read it, over again, you'll, you'll see what he's saying, and you know. And I demonstrated this. And that's what he said here. You, you, you're witnesses, and God's my witness too, how I, I, I live devoutly and how uprightly I live and blamelessly I live, how I behave towards you. So he's he's telling them, I walked this thing out. I didn't just talk this thing. I walked it out. And when we um, proclaim the gospel to our children, and and a lot of us have children in here, I don't care how old you, you are, uh, you never get too old to be your parents' child, because uh, uh, I have older children. They're still my children. They're married, three of them, but uh, they are wives, and they under the authority of their husband. They're still my child, and they're never going to stop being my child. I'm still praying for them. Still, I'm still concerned about them. Uh, everything that they're involved in, then it, it affects me and Minerva. Uh, so you never stop being a parent. If you're a parent, you don't stop being a parent. You know, um, don't, I don't care how grown they are. You don't stop being a parent. So, so he, he he we have to we have to live it out before our children. That's important. We have to live it out. And so if we uh, say to our children, um, this is a verse I want you to remember. I want you to remember. First, uh, I want you to remember Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents. And the Lord, this is right. Uh, if you tell them that, that's fine. But now, the question is, do you obey those who you are under, who are over you? Whether they are your employers, whether they are the Uh, Government, whether they are the uh, leaders of the church, whether they're whatever, everyone has somebody under them. Does Jesus have anybody under him, over him? Well, everybody's under him except, you know, all that's born. But we know that he is in authority under the Father. We know that. We know that. So Jesus doesn't do on his own. He doesn't say, well, I'm God. I do what I want to do. I'm the son. No, he does what the, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't say anything unless he hears the father say. It. So he's an authority. He tells us what to do. He tells us that, hey, uh, what, I, what I want you to do is obey your civil authorities. He tells us that. Not just those who are Nice. But those who are not nice, that's in the scripture. So we are under obligation to do what he says, what Jesus says. So that's why when, and the only reason why basically I said, well, man, I don't want to wear a mask all the time when I'm talking to people, when I'm doing this, when I'm doing that. Uh Let's meet even though the governor said don't meet in the building. Who's, who is he? We meet if we want to meet. See, um, I'm not criticizing anybody else who did because there are some churches who, who didn't ever stop meeting. You know, They just did what they wanted to do because they felt this, this was their right to do it, and which is fine. But when we talked as elders, we said, what we what we have to do is be an example of what the scripture said, do. If the scripture says, don't meet, then we won't meet in the building. And knowing that that will cause a not a good thing, because over a period of two or three months, people sometimes get used to not meeting. And so they say, hey, this, this seemed good. I watch it on, on, uh, on YouTube. I watch it online, you know, Facebook, and don't go. I get get a little bit more sleep of whatever the situation may be. Uh, sometimes, I know in the past, I used to be so concerned about if we didn't meet, and I don't want to ever the snow to us I, 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 because if we don't meet, people won't give like they normally give if they came. Well, uh, all those apprehensions, apprehension, it didn't matter because the word of God told me that I'm supposed to obey uh, unless it's something that is directly against his word and we felt that Hey, we're not going to do this because uh, the Word says this. So I'm going to obey God rather than man. So that's in the Scripture, too. Uh, but we felt that we could obey that and still serve God. And so we did. And that's why I wear a mask. Except for I'm teaching up here, I don't because people fall enough away so that uh, I want to affect them. If I happen to ever be affected, I wouldn't affect them. So we all have to do that. And there's no need for me to tell my girls what they should do, what the Bible says do, what Jesus says do, and then don't do it myself. And so uh, that's what I started doing when I gave my life to, to the Lord was I started teaching our girls, and I basically taught them only three verses. That's the only thing, verses I taught them, basically. Uh, I want them to memorize that uh, because I want them to know that if they, all the thing they had to do is obey us. That's all they had to do. Obey us. This is right in the Lord. And that they need to honor us. Um, this is first commandment with a promise, that things will go well with them. So those are three verses I, I I gave them, and that's that's the only thing that that they had to memorize. But I had to live it out because another one says, uh, don't you know, uh, uh, don't cause your children to. Uh, be uh, I don't know the word he uses in the King James when I memorize it, but I, I I know I'm not supposed to cause my children to be angry because of of, of me and and now, and I know that children will get angry even if you tell them to go to bed and they don't want to go to bed yet uh but I'm speaking of 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 if I tell them what they should be doing, and then I don't do it so I don't I don't want to cause my children to um uh, provoke them to anger. I don't want to do that. So uh I had to start trying to live out everything. And I would I would ask my girls and which I do now, hey, forgive me uh for saying that uh uh if I uh raise my voice or whatever, please forgive me because that's not right. uh, uh that's not godly. And that's how we try to uh bring Alvicam and Brandy up in the nurturing ammunition of the Lord. Because that's what the word of God told me to do. Uh, so the word of God has to be go forth to our children in word and in demonstration. So not only do you have like a ministry But you also have, what are you going to minister? You're going to minister the word of God. And you're going to walk it out. That's what we're called to do. And that's what you have to do. If you are at work, you have to uh, do the same thing. And if if you are told, like I I was told when I was teaching school, is that that, uh, you don't talk about the Lord. You can't be witnessing doing all that here. Well, they can't stop me from witnessing. Uh, so I still witness, but not with words, because that's what they were talking about. Uh, because I have to obey my authorities. So I didn't, I didn't tell anybody anything about about God. But I lived it. That's all I did. I lived it. In my little briefcase, I bring. I have my Bible. and I'll bring it. You know. Uh, and I was supposed to get teaching, and I have my sandals on and my Snickers in my bag and my bob in my bag. And I found out years later, uh, one of the coaches said, hey, hey Willie, you know what they used to say about you? I said, no. He said, they would say, here come Moses, you know. <laughs> and I said, oh, you kidding, man. He said, no, man, you got sandals on, you got your little backpack, you got your Bible in the minute. Um, but they knew I was I was saved. And if my basketball players, if they ever got in my car, they hear the word of God because no longer can the school tell me what I can't do because I'm in my own property. I'm off their property. Uh, I was just taking a fellow home because he needed a ride home. So he going to hear the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> when we were going on trips, it's the same thing. They they want to hear their their music and their music was uh, not too good for me. Uh, I said okay fine because we'll take them in vans sometime. I said you can listen to the music no no problem, as uh, long as I can listen to mine coming back. You listen to yours going. I listen to mine going. They said, okay coach yeah, that's cool. And and when we're coming back, I'll put on a tape or something. Uh, back then we had tapes. I'll put on a, of a teaching or something and they had their earphones on, and they're not paying no attention. You know. uh, so uh, they knew what I did and how I lived, but not only did I say it, I had to live it. I had to live it. They, I, could not, I could not now work the officials. That's what you do in basketball. You work the officials, meaning that uh, you, you march up down the sideline, and when the fishers come by, you're saying something to them, and you're trying to let them know they're calling, they're, 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 they're calling things wrong. They're trying to do a home job on me. Hey, I'm away from home. You can't do that. You know, you work the fishes, You, you just work the officials. I couldn't do that anymore. Once I got saved, I could not do that. I had to uh, be nice and sit down and, and keep my cool and depend on, on, on God doing what He could do and only could do and what uh, my, my kids could do, uh, and that's all I, I, I did. So I had to, and the only reason I'm going to explain this to you, is that that we are not in Thessalonica. We are not back there. What Paul did, we probably never get an opportunity to do that. Uh, we probably won't be over in a foreign country, you know, uh, witnessing and... One of these countries that you get put in jail for, for saying something about Jesus and things like that. Uh, but how do we do it? And I'm just explaining how some of the ways I had to do it and still I have to do it in the same way as you have to do it. And I don't know what they say about you at, at, at Liberty, at, at your workplace. I, I don't know. Uh, What your kids think about you, I don't know. But I do know that you need to tell them about the Word of God because the Word of God will not return void. It's just like the snow that comes down, the rain that comes down, it doesn't return uh, without accomplishing what God meant it to accomplish. So we have to sow seeds of that with our children, and everywhere we go. The word of God is what we have to proclaim. And that's what Paul did, and that's what he lived, and he did it with conviction. So that means that that all that Paul said, all that Paul did, and the conviction he had in, in, in saying it, that stuck, stuck with, the, with the Thessalonica church. And so, therefore, when they were persecuted, because Paul and, and, and Silas, they had to leave uh, the city, uh, and, and, and he wanted to come back, but he couldn't come back all the time because, he said Satan hindered him. But he sent Timothy, and when Timothy came back and told him the state of the church, that's when he wrote the letter. And he was, he was so excited about them because it stuck. He did not teach in vain. He did not come to them in vain, as I said in chapter, in, in chapter 2, verse 1. So, the, so we have to do the same thing. You have to believe what the Scripture says, that if you bring your children up in the admonition of am- 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 the Lord, then that's what you need to do. And if you teach them when they're young, when they're old, it will not depart from them. So you have to believe what the Word says, but you're going to have to teach them with conviction. You're going to have to live it with conviction. That's what you're going to have to do. And so um, I, I, I'm excited about the, I guess, the, the opportunity that, that you all have because some of you have children who are older. Like I do, and some of you have children who are younger and in middle age. So what you have to do is is say, well, I have to I have to live this thing out. Some of you have friends, some of you have um, um, people that you're engaged to, at least two in here like that, and you have to live out the word of God not only talk it, not only come to church, uh, don't be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word because that's going to mean a a big difference between whether you have a successful marriage or whether you have a so-so marriage. It's the word of God. How obedient are you going to be to the word of God as a a person, as a person? How obedient are you going to be to the word of God? And if you are and you teach it, then it's a great, with conviction, it's a great probability that your child is going to walk it out. I don't care what age they are. It's a probability they're going to work it out because the word does not return void. It really doesn't. Let's look at... um, Let's look at uh first Thessalonians uh I like verse thirteen. Let's let's look at thirteen. I'm skipping all around my notes. Uh so but it doesn't matter. It's all the word of God. For this reason, we also Constantly thank God that when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs his work in you who believe. I like I, I like that. That that verse, um, I like it. I like it. I like it because it tells me three or four things. You see, when 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 the Jews heard the word of God from Paul, because they heard it too, they only heard. That's all they did. They heard it. But the Thessalonians that they Greeks, what they did was, they heard it, but they received it. They received it. That's what verse 13 is saying. It said, for this reason, you also constantly, we constantly thank God, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, are we receiving the word of God? Are we receiving it? Also it said. You accepted it. So not only did they. Receive it. They heard it. They received it. They accepted it. But they accepted it. As. Not. Coming from just. Men. And that, that's. That's. That's interesting because most people don't do that because they would think that okay wait a minute they have to think a lot of the of the man or woman who's bringing them the word of god who's speaking the word of god in order to receive it and accept it most people like that and your children might be like that your co-workers might be like that your friends might be like that but if they go a little step further, and that's why prayer is important, when you're going to witness to somebody, when you're going to share your life with somebody, it's important for you to pray because God can cause this to happen. See, because what they did, they they, they, they received the word not as coming from men, but for what it really is, the word of God. And that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me, that uh, when when Paul brought them the word, they knew it was a man speaking about it. But they said, no, that's not the word. Of God. That, 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 that's, that's not just a man speaking. That's the word of God. And I wonder, do we really pray and ask God to help us do that? Can When you hear the word of God being spoken, being proclaimed, and so preachers pro- proclaim, do you really think it's coming from me or Virgil or like next week um a j from grace church uh w- w- is it coming is, is it him are you going to look at him and say, oh, I don't know him I don't know whether this really I need to pay attention to this or not. He's not dressed. Like I think he should be dressed coming out of town like that, you know. Sometimes we think of some weird things go through our minds, yeah. Because uh, I, w- I used to wear a suit, and 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 uh, they say don't wear a suit anymore. Suits out. So man, I like suits. No suits out, brother. Okay, I won't wear no suit no more. But say people look at you and, and say. Um, now you're wearing the same thing you were last week. That's not that's not good to be thinking like that. What what you need to think about is that whatever I'm saying, is it the word of God? Or am I just saying stuff and making up stuff and just say, I believe this. Or are we in First Thessalonians chapter two? Is this verse 13? Is this the word of God? And if it is, we need to accept it as the word of God. That's what we need to say. Not the word of Willie. It's the word of God. And it says, which also performs its work in you who believe. And that's what the word did to the to the, to the ones in and that's what I want it to be when I hear the word. And I want, I want to be able to say just what this says, because it's going to make a difference if I'm persecuted over the long haul Because because I need to be steadfast. You need to be steadfast in the word of God. And the only way you're going to do that is hear the word of God Because that's the only thing that's alive and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword is the word of God, not the word of Willie. It's the word of God. And that's what I want you to give your children, the word of God. Don't give them what what your interpretation of what you think uh, they need to be doing. Tell them what the word of God says. I don't care how old they are. They can be 10. They can be eleven, they can be uh, twenty two, they can be uh, forty-five, they can be sixty-six, and I don't care how old they are, give them the word of God. Okay. That's what I believe that Timothy, and that Paul was saying, and that Timothy brought back the report from Thessalonica to Paul, and he got excited. Let me read you the, the um, last verses that, that it says in this chapter, verse 19 and 20. It says, For who is our hope, our joy, our crown of exaltation? Is it not even you, in the presence of our Lord Jesus His coming, for you are our glory and joy. And Paul, really, when he taught the word of God, when he preached the word of God and proclaimed it, he shared not only the word of God with him, but his life also. And that's how I want you to feel about whoever you're speaking the word of God to, because. You, what you want to do, you want to stand before Jesus Christ at that, at that day and hear well done, my good and faithful servant. You want to uh, see those who God has put you in a relationship with to minister to, to disciple, or whatever he, uh, some might water, some might uh, plant, whatever he has you doing, you want to see them there on that day and that's what paul is saying you know we're excited you are my glory you're my joy and that's how i really think about whoever god puts in this church is that that's what i do that's what paul paul did and god has given me a responsibility to share not only my life but to share uh, what he has given me to share, and that's all I share is the word of God, and let's talk about how we can live it out, how we can do it, because if we don't, be, if we're not a doer of the word and just a hearer, uh, it's not going to be um, any use to us at all. So that's that's the essence of what chapter two uh, said. And next week, we'll we'll have a guest speaker. Then the following week, God willing, I'll do a little bit more of Thessalonians because I I really believe that God has some things there for us in it so we can walk it out today. By that time, we have some more things that we probably by that time We'll know who the president is going to be, and, uh, and we'll, we can be praying, as Minerva said, for the people who, on both sides, pray for those who, who uh, just want to tear things up, tear things down, and pray for those who want to hurt people, um, I don't care what they call themselves, um, it doesn't matter. Pray for whoever um, gets in the White House. Don't care whoever gets there. Pray for them because that's what God calls to do. He told us to pray. And that's what we're supposed to do. And as Christians, um, we have done all that we can do is uh, vote according to what we believe God has given us to vote uh, according to his word. And now we uh, let God do the rest. And I don't care who gets in the White House, Jesus is not going to be there. He's not going to be our president. So, therefore, they're going to fall short, short of the glory of God. And so they need our prayers. Every last one of them, whoever it is, they need our prayers. And don't you think that, that um, if this person get in, oh, it's going to mess up the whole World, it's gonna mess up, especially in the United States. Let me tell you, it's been Democrats, it's been Republicans uh, all through the years, and uh, the United States still uh, exists. And so, uh, whoever gets there is not gonna not gonna uh, do anything that's gonna uh, overrule what God can do. God can turn the hearts of a king uh, just like the rivers of water; He turns it where He wants to turn it, and so. So I believe that. So I don't care who gets in office, whether you get your choice, whether we get our choice, uh, meaning my, my wife and I, it really doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I did what I'm supposed to do, vote. So I'm going to do my responsibility and lead the rest to God, and I'm going to pray. And that's what I'm going to do, and that's what I want our body to do. I don't want our body talking about you know, um, Donald Trump if he doesn't get in or talking about um, – uh, the uh, the other person in was, was it Kamala Harris or something. Then she gets uh, the vice president or whatever, and don't talk about them, pray for them. Pray for them. Okay. Okay. Praise God. What's the assignment for the for the, the kids and the, the young adults? Memorize the scripture yeah I know that I know the young adults gonna say, Oh well, what is he gonna give me? He'll Probably give me a, you know
1: a dollar or
0: something. I don't need no dollar <laughs> uh. ah well thank you i uh I neglected to pray over the offering before after I said how you could do it, so we'll do that now. Father, we thank you for for blessing us so that we can bless you in return and uh, be a giver to those around us. And Lord, we pray that uh, the offering we give, you will receive and use for your kingdom and help us learn to trust more in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at CornerstoneLynchburg.com, contact us by email, CornerstoneCom at Comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.